Hello! Welcome to Lightest Carry Action. I'm Carrie Morrison and I'm here to give you brief reviews so you don't have to do any research. I've had to move where to record these episodes because I am recording on what's going to be the hottest day of the year. So how about I don't melt into a puddle? That would be absolutely lovely. But, you know, as things were heating up in the global atmosphere, I did watch some films. I know normally I do good, bad and the unknown, but I feel like, especially for this week, it just doesn't apply. And also, I don't really want to shoehorn reasons why things should be just shoved into a good or a bad. They may have flaws, but they also may have really great things that people should pay attention to. So I feel I don't really want to put these films in boxes. So let's just get to it and see how I feel about these films. So let's go to our first one this week. Give it up next for Ellie Chu. The good thing about being different in a town like this is that no one expects you to be like them. I'm 17. I live in Squamish with my dad. I run a business writing essays for people. I guess I just never thought I'd need anyone else. Hey, hold up. $10 for three pages. No, I'm not trying to cheat. What's this? A letter. Maybe you can make me sound smart. Dear Aster Florence, I'm in love with you. Yeah, so the first one we're looking at is The Half of It, which was released this year, 2020, which was written and directed by Alice Wu. This is a Netflix film and it is a teen rom-com and it's about a straight-A student named Ellie who comes from a low-income family with just her and her dad and is getting paid to write essays for other students. And then we meet Paul, who is in love with this lass named Aster and pays Ellie to write love letters for Aster. However, obviously shenanigans happen and Ellie begins to have feelings for Aster. What do you like about Aster? She's pretty and smart. What else could I like about her? I don't know. How her eyes look right into yours. How you can live in an ocean of her thoughts and she really knows. I'm so stupid. I just meant... You like Aster? Hey, it would suck to have to pretend to be not you your whole life. I gotta go. No, wait. Who are you calling Choo Choo? What? Now, the half of it has got very mixed reviews, and I can understand why. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you the things I really like about it first. It is a gorgeously made film. The way it's shot, the way it's acted, the way it's directed by Alice Wu, it's beautiful. You can tell a lot of heart went into this film. And I did laugh a few points. I think it's more grounded in sort of the romance slash the drama of it and having the odd funny moments, but that might just be how I perceived the film. It could be absolutely hilarious to someone else. But there were some factors that really... I couldn't really enjoy it to its fullest. Because the thing is, Ellie is pretending to be Paul in order for Paul to get together with Asta. And that is robbing Asta's choice in the matter. Like, if she knew the truth about who Paul was really like and who Ellie was really like, she would have a lot more agency in the matter and able to make her own choices. And so it almost feels very gross to me watching this kind of plot unfold. 
And even though there are other plot elements that I really like, like I love getting to know Ellie's dad, Edwin Chu. I love the father in that. I think he's an absolutely amazing character. There are some characters I probably could have done without. There's probably some subplots I could have done without. Trig being one of them and the fact that no one addresses the casual racism in this film. Okay, teens gotta be racist. (laughs) So even though it is well-intentioned and I do think the ending is... I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. The ending is better than some of the other films I'm going to be talking about in terms of how it addresses consequences. But because the whole time I was feeling very uncomfortable with the fact that they were stalking Asta and they were just doing various things and I don't really want to give spoilers because I think it is one of those films you kind of have to watch it and make a judgment for yourself and it depends on what your priorities are in terms of what makes a good film for you. I think the conflict for me is that of course teens would do this, it's a likely thing for them to do, well in American high schools, I don't think it would happen in British high schools, but it is fundamentally a very flawed film because it just doesn't really respect the love interests in question. I kind of flip-flop all the time because I think it is really good representation of Asian Americans and that's what I've really loved about it. But at the same time, the kind of teen rom-com elements of it, it's quite dated and I didn't enjoy it because of that. I wish someone else had a look into the script and it could have been really innovative and really fresh. I think it's one of the better made teen rom-coms that I've seen, but I think there are better examples out there. So we're going to move on to our next piece, which I am very excited about. I had been meaning to watch this forever. Finally, I got around to it. Good morning, winner. Take a deep breath. Visualize the mountain of your success and look down at everyone who's ever doubted you. Fuck those losers. Fuck them in their stupid fucking faces. Are we gonna go to school or? What's two plus two? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? Are you kidding me, Samantha? Yes, the next piece I'm going to be talking about is 2019's Book Smart, which was directed by Olivia Wilde and was written surprisingly by a number of people Emily Halpern, Sarah Haskins, Susanna Fogel, and Katie Silberman. So if you don't know what Booksmart is about, it's about these two straight-A students, Amy and Molly, and they find out on their last day of school that everyone else got the same results as them. They got into really good colleges, but they got to have like a really wild time and, you know, go to parties and everything. They could have their cake and eat it, basically. And Amy and Molly, very jealous of that. And so they decide on their last night of school They're going to go wild. They're going to go to this crazy house party and see what happens. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer. Check. Chapstick. Check. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safety... I love this film. It is such a feel-good film. And same with the half of it, 
it is written and directed with such love and such good intentions and it really comes across the chemistry between Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein they both had such good on-screen chemistry that it made the friendship so engaging and I think it makes sense to me now why there were so many writers for it because style-wise it kind of changes a lot and yet manages to stay cohesive which is bizarre because sometimes it goes into these wacky sections with the character of Gigi played by Billy Lord was basically this all drugged up absolutely wacky just you couldn't predict what she was doing and that felt like that wasn't necessary I didn't really need it and also there are points where you know it's made by a very woke team and when I say that it's the kind of interactions they have with each other or if they're in the middle of the scene and then they just go into a bit of a rant about how flawed it is or how you know hashtag get woke that's kind of all I can really describe it as and it kind of it kind of took me out of it a little bit in terms of trying to follow with the story and try and connect with the characters. But overall, I think the script is hilarious. I think it's a really great depiction of what it's like to be queer um, from the character of Amy's perspective. It deserved more love than what it got when it was first released. So I highly recommend Booksmart. It is such a fun time. And I was watching it with my best friend the other night and we just had such a lovely time. So if you're having a sleepover or if you feel like you just want a nice comfort film, Booksmart is a very well made but also a hilarious film to watch. Now we're going to move on to our third film this week that I never heard about, especially well, as a person from the UK. I hadn't heard of this film. Uh, so let's get to it. Hey! You go to high school in Inglewood. You think you're going to get into Harvard? I'm from a poor, crime-filled neighborhood, raised by a single mother, don't know my dad, blah, blah. It's cliche. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Malcolm Adekambi. I'm a straight-A student with nearly perfect SAT scores. You probably got, like, one of them photogenic brains. <laughs> you mean photographic memory? What'd I just say? I mean, yeah, you, you said it. Yeah, Reiterating. I play in a punk band with my friends, and I'm a 90s hip-hop geek. You gonna say something or just stare at me? The unknown film this week is Dope, which was released in 2015, written and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. So it's about Malcolm, Diggy, and Jib. They are seniors and straight-A students. Well, Malcolm in particular is a straight-A student and wants to get into Harvard. And they love 90s hip-hop. They're very, like, they say slang that's very 90s and very out of date which kind of makes them quite endearing Malcolm meets this girl named Nakia who's played by Zoe Kravitz and she's gonna go to a party which is underground and it's the birthday party of the neighborhood's drug dealer and then turns out the party is a cover-up for a drug deal the drug deal gets found out by the police and then Malcolm ends up with a rucksack full of molly with a gun. I don't want to go to jail. I want to go to college. Ah, slippery slow. Exactly. You play with me, my little boy from the hood? Now, I don't know how else to say it, but this film hates women. The reason why this film happened is because Malcolm had the hots for Zoe Kravitz. And then after the party, we basically never see her again until the last third of the film. 
so we don't really root for them to get together they're just kind of like a side thing even though even though his thirst for her was basically the catalyst of the whole film in the first place and also the other female character lily played by chanel iman she was basically the femme fatale giving like the sexy eyes and her body was on show like completely naked and then turned out that she was flirting with malcolm so she could get to the drugs and it is like none of the female characters are as complex and complicated as the male characters specifically malcolm i should say diggy is a lesbian and that's cool cool representation i'm gonna give it that i think there could have been a bigger opportunity to kind of write more complex characters and have nakia be a really engaging element of the film and kind of give her some agency but that's not what the film wanted to do i suppose it's interesting because dope goes on this whole thing about how it's a slippery slope in terms of consequences and things come back to bite you i find that interesting they make that point because it feels like in the film there are only consequences when it benefits them to the plot why does the original drug dealer never come back for Malcolm? Why do you feature the policeman tracking the molly, but then never having the police look for Malcolm? Why, after Malcolm being beeped so many times, would it not track suspicion for people? Even if he is a straight A student, someone would have been like, hey, maybe we should actually legit check this kid. But it's interesting comparing Dope with the half of it because at least with the half of it, they had consequences. They didn't get what they want, but they got what they needed, essentially. And you can see that actions had a very drastic effect on the outcome. And that made it more realistic for me. And that's why I liked it. Whereas Dope, their consequences was kind of, as I said, only when it's convenient it kind of made me feel a bit alienated. Like I felt like I wasn't in on the joke or in on the journey that Malcolm was taking. I didn't feel the need to really root for any of the characters. But that's my view on the piece. I, I think I have a very unpopular opinion because it seems to be so loved, according to my letterbox over here, um, with an average rating of four stars. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just didn't connect in the way the film wanted me to. And that's okay. So in terms of the film of the week for me to recommend to you, it would be Booksmart. I think it's such a fun time. Uh, but I would recommend watching the half of it as well because it's kind of one of those films where you need to watch for yourself and get your own opinion. Uh, but that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarrieMo97. I'm also on Letterboxd at CarrieMo so you can keep track of the films I'm watching in current time. Wow! And I really would love people to recommend me the films that would, they would like me to cover. I don't want this to be just me rambling to a camera about random films I've liked. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Stay safe. <laughs>